What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Opus Podcast. This is our podcast on rappling songs. My name is Josh Kumar. And I'm Lana Holgado. Y'all already know what it is. This is the Indie Artist Spotlight, where we bring you the best and the brightest that the streets have to offer. And folks, today, coming at you from the songwriting capital of the world, Nashville, Tennessee, we got one of them with us. She is a singer, a songwriter, and viral TikTok sensation. Please give it up for the amazingly talented Sydney Bird. Woo! <laughs> Hi! Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. How's Nashville? It's cool. I've been here for, this is my second day. Yeah, I'm, yeah, so I live in New York City, but I'm here because I have a show tonight, which I'm so pumped about. I'm performing at the basement, my first time ever performing in Nashville. And then I just have sessions the rest of the week, meeting new people, new songwriters, and kind of testing out the city. That's really cool. Have you found any cool spots when you're just... (laughs) exploring yes so i'm staying at their soho house which is brand new it opened in january and it's so cool and like yesterday i was kind of walking around coffee shops to yesterday and today i don't have any sessions but the next couple days i'll get to explore like different neighborhoods because those are the people where they live and so i'll get to see like where those are at but i have some restaurants in the books and then some shows i'm gonna go see i'm gonna go to the listing room and then i'm gonna go to like this whiskey jam tomorrow and explore that's, that's awesome exciting yeah so i want to ask like uh when you're writing in different areas because i know you write a lot in arizona you write in new york mm-hmm. um do you ever like feel like a different vibe like with the city and like yes. how it's influencing you 100 percent. i feel much more relaxed When I'm in Arizona, I feel, or I notice that when I'm in New York, I try to like for, it feels more forced for some reason in Arizona just feels a lot more natural. It feels a lot more personal. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm writing in New York, it feels a lot more poppy, a lot more like I'm just trying to write a hit song, which sometimes those are like good narratives to put myself into to like force myself to write something great. But when I'm in Arizona, I just feel like it's more of just about me and the guitar and I'm just chilling and it's like more therapeutic. That's really cool. Uh, I did want to talk to you about uh, your songwriting just because I think one thing that really makes you stand out as an artist is because of how like distinct and uh, you know, like you have a really great storytelling quality to your work. And I think that comes because you have like a little bit of a different approach uh, and like background in like the performing arts than the typical indie musician. So uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Thank you. That's like something I really, really try and focus on and try to make myself seem a little bit more different than the rest. Um, Yeah. So I studied acting in college and that was like, I thought that was going to be my life. I thought that's all I wanted to do. And I love improv, sketch comedy, screenwriting, just storytelling in general. And I love reading and I love watching TV and movies. And so when I'm writing a song, I tend to make it not just about like, oh, I'm feeling mad about this relationship in my life or like this just happened to me but I like to go where it's like okay let's see where that goes when I make a character and like let's put that character in that situation and kind of make up all her relationships or his relationships and where they live and what they wear and I like to just like bring it to a whole different level as if I'm creating like a tv show Mm -hmm. um and that's just like how my brain works I think it's so much more fun like that instead of just being like oh my boyfriend said something annoying so I'm gonna write a song about it like it just makes it feel like anything's possible and you can really kind of live in this certain world and that's something I really really try and bring to life with my music 
too. Like I want people to like, I want to create a world where you feel like you're in Sydney Birdland when you're listening to my music, like this Western electronic kind of like a disco in the desert, but they can be chill songs too, but you kind of feel like there are lights around you. You're in Joshua tree and things are happening. And so I cry and like create a bunch of different stories, but all within this one world. I like disco in a desert. That's a really yeah, cool way of describing that's a re- your music. That's a good way <laughs> Thank to you. It. Do you ever feel like different songs like connect to each other? Like they take place in the same universe? Yes. Yes, definitely. Like Brooklyn Baby takes place in the same universe as Kisses. And like Cigarette Silhouette, I feel like is neighbors with them. Maybe they're not living in the same town. Um, and then a lot of the songs that I'm going to release, I'm releasing my album this fall. And they're all kind of in this, not disco in the desert, but they're all in this kind of like, like camp in the desert, more chill, mm-hmm. songwritery, folky vibes. So when it comes to making something like a full album, uh, do you try to keep like a narrative that's going throughout? Or is it just sort of like different moments that exist within? Yeah, this is my first time that I wrote an album being like, this is going to be an album mm-hmm. um, because the album that I have out right now on Spotify was just kind of like the first couple songs I ever wrote. And I was like, okay, this is, this is like an album, but they don't, some of them don't really correlate. And these are definitely, I wrote them all when I was home last winter in Arizona or two winters ago, I guess. And it's called Snowbird and it's about, like going home for the winter and being in a hot place in the winter and just kind of like having your universe shifted and feeling very relaxed and kind of like I can work anywhere. And that was kind of like a mind blowing situation to me. I was like, well, I could be like, I don't have to stay in New York all of January. I can go home and write. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, anything's possible then. So it's kind of like a coming of age, but also like creating more stories in my head about the West Coast and Arizona in general. That's really cool. I did uh, four years at ASU. Um, yeah, so, so cool. Yeah, so I, every time like you have like an Arizona or like Southwest reference, I'm always just like, oh, we, we yes. got somebody out there <laughs> represented. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, your time in New York though, before you uh, sort of found your... Um, passion as like a singer songwriter when you're working uh, as a comedian just because uh like of the two of us Lana's the artist uh so she always bonds mm-hmm. about like creating stuff and I'm the guy who sends emails mm-hmm. but <laughs> I was actually in the stand-up comedy world though in uh Phoenix for ah. so I was just curious Sweet. Uh, like when it comes to writing jokes and stuff like that uh how is that sort of different from like writing music um I just mentally felt very different when I was really focusing on comedy it was, it felt a lot more like pressure and you had to be very specific and you also had to be very, very, very careful about like what you're joking about. And you had to have one goal in mind and that was to make the person laugh. Mm -hmm. Whereas with music, it is so ambiguous because you can make a person dance. You can make a person cry. You can make a person feel nostalgic. You could make a person feel in love you can make a person feel angry if it's like a angry song so there's so many that's why I was just like I just felt more of a relief when I started writing music especially professionally because it was like oh I don't I don't have to just make this person laugh because some days I don't feel like I want to make anybody laugh Mm -hmm. and I gravitated so much toward comedy because I I was like I'm obsessed with SNL I'm obsessed with comedy like 
And that taught me that just because you're obsessed with something doesn't mean that that has to be your path. Like Mm -hmm. I I still appreciate it. I still love it so much, but just as like what I want to do on my day-to-day basis is not that. And I'm so happy I tried it out because it's definitely made me a lot tougher and it's like stuff I still love to do. I still love to do like little characters on TikTok and Instagram, but it's more of a passion and maybe, I don't know what my goal in life is to be on SNL and like either host or perform. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would, it just, I love music and, but I still, I still love like the acting world because I just, I didn't love like only, um, trying to make someone laugh that really, that gave me a lot of <laughs> anxiety. I got yeah. you. Yeah. I, yep. I heard, um, I, I heard on another podcast, you were talking about you, um, interned at SNL and yeah. um, Jimmy Fallon. What was that experience yeah. like for you? Oh my God. It was amazing. It was like, I miss it so much. I feel like I peaked and then nothing <laughs> <laughs> is Um, it was so cool. It was so, so, so cool. Like, so I entered, yeah, going into my senior year, um, I entered at Jimmy Fallon over the summer and I was a script intern and it was just so much fun to see that it's, it obviously is all about jokes, but like, there's costume, there's music involved, there are actors, there are singers, like it's, it's a real theater. And I grew up doing musical theater and theater. So that was just amazing for me to see that it's, it is all about him and what he does, but there's so much more and there's so much like team effort and same with SNL, like they, it takes a freaking village and it shows because it's so good. And everyone is the best of the best there. And so that was so cool to see too. I'm just like, not even that they're the best comedians, but they're the hardest working people, I think, work at that show. And it was a dream to be just even like a fly on the wall. That's so cool. Wait, I'm, try- I'm trying to math. What year? You're trying to see you? if it's Jamie. Yeah. I have my freshman roommate interned for Jimmy Fallon and SNL. And she, when? she works at SNL now. I think like, 20 I don't know if it I don't think she did summer I don't remember if she was summer or not wait what's her first name Jamie Jamie Wilson uh, no because I oh, all the summer we only had like 16 summer interns but there were a lot of SNL interns so maybe mm-hmm. and I was like there everyone's kind of in their own department when you're at SNL yeah um, what year was were you at cool. SNL so I uh 2017 okay. okay I think yeah I think that would have been the year that she was at Jimmy Fallon, and then the next okay. year she was at SNL. You guys, and she's still she's other. still there. Oh, uh, so cool! Works. What does she do? Um, she's on. I think she's on the film department. Like she yeah. does like the pre-tape stuff. Cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's she tells awesome. me. She tells me about all the people she meets, and she's like, "Yeah, Kim McKinnon, my coworker." Yeah, like, like and everyone is so nice and so focused on making mm-hmm. it an amazing show. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah and um, so I, I can definitely relate to the theater thing. Mm-hmm. I grew up doing theater too, and I work at okay. it now. And it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, I want I wanted to be the performer or whatever, but it's just like nice to be able to just be in that world still. Um, I know. It, you see, yeah, especially when you're in it growing up, you appreciate it a lot more. Like, I just appreciate everyone who, it takes a, it takes a village to make any kind of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah is that so like you know working on big productions and like things like 
SNL and like theater productions does that differ at all from like being an artist where it's like all of your Mm. um, you're like you have all the creative control pretty much yeah I think I love the day-to-day being an artist because it's all up to me and it's really nice to be like okay I'm gonna make that TikTok today or like I'm gonna focus on how I'm gonna release this album or Like that is awesome to be able to be so in control, but some days I do wish, like I don't have a manager right now. I really don't have a team team. Um, And I would like to, I'm kind of slowly, like I have this one photographer I'd love to work with. I have this one makeup artist I love to work with. And I have this one video director that I love to work with too. And I have my producer. So I I do have a team, but like, Mm -hmm. It, it's awesome those days where I do get to work with other people. And I think that that's why I love making music videos so much. And I'm only an indie artist. So like, I don't have the budget to make a groundbreaking film, but like, that right. would be one of my goals for sure is to, I would love to make like a 30 minute long music video to one EP and kind of have it all intertwine. So when I do have those moments to, or like co-writing, that's why I'm so excited to be here. Cause I'm really excited to meet new people and just see what happens. I have no expectations. I just kind of want to see what we create, but it is nice to have those days where it's like, okay, this is just me. And I just want to write on my guitar or some days I'm like, I want to be in a room with three other people and see what we make. So it's nice to have a balance. Yeah. That's yeah. That's cool. It sounds like a lot of flexibility and freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I want to talk a little bit about the co-writing process. Cause I know a lot of your uh, songs, it's like collaborative efforts. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, so for example, um, the song Renaissance Man, right? Yeah, that was, yeah, very much a co-writing song. My father told us we should vote My mother said that we can always come home If I have a son, he will be a renaissance man And if I have a daughter, she will be a rock and roll band so that song specifically, I had had the chorus in my head and I was like, a, not melody wise. I had written like a, it was kind of, I sang it differently and I was playing it on the guitar, but I was like, I don't love the way this sounds, but I love what I wrote. And I just kind of explained those four lines. Like my father told us we should vote. My mother said, we can always come home. Those four lines. And they were like, Hey, what does this mean? Cause they loved them too. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is so unique. And I was just like, the song was just about being home in quarantine and seeing my sister become a mom and just Mm -hmm. kind of like reflecting on how grateful I am for my family and kind of the family I want to have in the future. And they were like, great. That's so much to work with. Like we could write a verse about your future daughter, your future son. And then like why you think tradition's important. I am a mother in my head. producer who's now my producers was the first time I met him in this session um he just kind of played different chords and I was just kind of like humming and then I we kind of landed on the melody of the chorus and then the rest just like came out of us because we had these guidelines of like oh we should write about that we should write about that so Mm. that was awesome it was like my favorite co-writing session and it turned out to be a great song so 
Yeah, it really came together beautifully. Uh, I thought the music video was also really cool. Um, I think it's like you playing with your niece, right? Yeah, well, she's actually my neighbor. Okay. Um, and but she's supposed to be yeah, no, 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 she's supposed to be my daughter, like in the future. Yeah, yeah. But it was so nice to let her mom let her do that. It was her first <laughs> acting experience. And I didn't have the budget to like also hire a male child actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole concept is just like about me interacting with my ideal future daughter who kind of like resembles what I was like as a child. It was just really like cut together professionally and all that. Like if you Thank told me you. that it's like a low budget production, I'm kind of like, oh, <laughs> that was yeah. must have been like, yeah. that's really surprising. This man's amazing. Benjamin Lieber. Anyone needs a music director, Shout music out. video director. Yeah. Shout out to Benjamin. <laughs> Shout out Benjamin. <laughs> I wanted to get to uh, Cigarette Silhouette uh, just because um, I think it's like really interesting uh, with like the not just uh, the song, which uh, was actually both of our favorites, but uh, also with, um, you know, you uh, worked a lot to be in like the comedy world, tried to become an actor. Uh, this song was actually featured in a TV show. Um, I, yeah. yeah, it got in good trouble. Um, so first off, how does, what what's the process like when you get your uh, song featured in a show? Do they just like email you? So that was so cool. Cause this is like that sing because if I wasn't doing if I didn't know how to write music and they didn't know how to sing I would definitely want to be in the music world and that's what I would want to do is place I like love making playlists for movies I watch and then I'm like oh this, this would have been so good and they're like I've been doing that forever mm-hmm. and so I am with Think Music LA and it's a sync company and you just kind of submit all your music and they submit it then to a bunch of TV shows that they have contacts with. And this was so weird. I'd been with them for a year nothing had happened. And I was definitely bummed. But then in the new year, they were like, oh my gosh, good trouble. Love cigarette silhouette. It's actually going to air um, this week. And I was like, no way. That's two days after its release date. That's crazy. That's so cool. And yeah. And then I, I'd never watched the show. So I kind of was like watching some episodes and then I heard my music and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> That's really yeah. incredible. Uh, I yeah, wanted to ask cool. about the um, songwriting aspect of this. Cause I know this was one of those songs where you sort of like created a character and then yeah. sort of ran with it. How did this all come about? So very funny. My, I have a very serious boyfriend and he kind of always jokes not jokes but he's not a creative but he's like what if I just moved to LA and tried to become an actor and I was like it's not easy I tried to do it so like yeah you try and do it (laughs) so I took this concept and like ran with the idea that actually happened and he moved to LA and became this really famous actor and like dumped me and became super like LA f-boy vibes so I just kind of created this character and started playing these chords and they felt very jazzy and vibey. And I was like, what's vibey? And I was like kind of smoking cigarettes on the bathroom floor, like feeling really edgy, but lost. Like this person's kind of like, I miss the old me. And so I just kind of like ran with that. Heavy conversations. I can tell your heart breaks when 
There's a lot of like LA references in the song. Um, and yeah, that's, it was so fun to write. It, I wrote that in like 20 minutes. It just like poured out of me. It was awesome. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the last thing for, with Cigarette Silhouette. Um, like the pre-chorus, I was like in love with for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, how, how did that like come about? Was that just like flowing out of you in that whole session? Um, how did you sort of find the like tune and the melody for that? I'm like trying to think. So I was in Wisconsin. Uh, my parents have a lake house and I was playing with this synth sound. I like don't know which part came first. I think it was the cigarette. No, I it was like the, no, I can't stop seeing your part came first. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I remember, yeah, I was just playing with the synth sound. I don't know. I like I should go back to my voice memos of what I was even doing. I can't even remember. Um, and then I remember playing the electric guitar. <laughs> I remember this is on like the gross demo I made, but I like lit a match and recorded that sound. And I remember trying to like put these effects through it it's a terrible demo i'm i'm the worst worst product producer of all time they don't know how to produce but i don't know how that part came about to be honest i can't even remember it just hit you okay That's yeah cool. must have just hit so wait, you were lighting a match to try to capture uh a sound yeah like on my mic i lit the match and like recorded the like and i like tried to make this drum loop with it I, I won't even show anyone the demo because it's so bad, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's sounds really cool, cool though. Yeah, I love doing yeah. stuff like that. That's so cool. Yeah, you got to experiment somehow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, so the other song I wanted to talk about uh, was Kisses. That really hit me like, oh, this felt a lot like um, sort of like a long distance type relationship. Uh, yeah. Like, and when you're singing it, when you're just reuniting. Um, yep. What was sort of the inspiration for this? This is exactly what's it about. <laughs> um, so my boyfriend and I were long distance for like five years. because so we went to different colleges. We met in high school and then we kind of like broke up for a little bit and found each other in the same city, which was New York city. And I wrote it also when I was home in Arizona for like a weekend, I think it was my nephew's birthday or something. And I just went to the piano and I had this idea of kind of seeing the same sunset. Cause like now we're not on opposite coasts 
and I get to see you like all the time, every day. And you get to like kiss me and we just got to talk. And I was just kind of thinking about things that I do to him that he appreciates. Like I don't, I'm not a big country music fan, but that's his favorite genre. It's like, that's where that line came into play. I listen to country because it makes you smile. And he's this big like New England boy and I'm from Arizona. So we have like a lot of differences. And I was just kind of listing all the things that I love about him and that I'll do for him. And that we get to be in the same place now. I can taste that sweet New England coffee that you drink like water from a sink. But I don't need that caffeine when you're buzzing like a child. You make me feel wild. We got the same sunset that'll make me feel I find it really funny. He's from New England and he's like the country guy yeah, between right? the two of you. But a lot of New Englanders like love country music. Really? Yes. Interesting. Like especially like Connecticut and Massachusetts. Very much so. But yeah, my, I love, I love like Western folk. Mm-hmm. That's my yeah. type of country. If that makes sense. Yeah. I got mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. The folksy yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Camp, Leon Bridges, Mount Joy, like that sound mm-hmm. i got you that's awesome yeah <laughs> i did want to mention uh because this is your most successful uh single today at least on spotify yeah um, almost it's like 1.8 million right now i yeah. think it's gonna get to too soon i uh, do too yeah so does you know getting that million plus streams does that fill that void deep inside you kind of i feel like it's like a little bit of street cred because i'm like oh, okay like if someone looks me up and they're like, who's Sydney Bird? And they're like, oh, she has a song that has two million streams. Like, it feels good. But mm-hmm. it's funny because it's like the sound that this will only happen when I want like a banger. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of happened. I wanted it to sound like this because at the time, and I still am, but I like love Chelsea Cutler. She's a big inspiration to me. And because when I was writing the song, it was kind of like this piano ballad song. And the producer worked on it was like, I could hear this having like a drop. And I was like, I kind of agree. And so I love how it's such a hype song, but it kind of puts this pressure on me to like make every song a hype song. And that's deeply like what I don't want to do. I want to have like a very Casey Musgraves, Maggie Rogers. There are chill moments, but there are fun moments. Um, So it's kind of annoying that it has so many streams because it's like, ah, like like cigarette silhouette is just as good, but it's chill. But um, it is, it is nice to have that number just because I'm such an indie artist. But it's so stupid because it's it is just a number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got you. I'm gonna run up. I'm gonna run up cigarette silhouette just so just yes. for you. Yeah, yes. we're gonna get that to a million. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we are. All Everybody right. listening to this podcast, go go yeah. to cigarette silhouette. <laughs> yeah, run that one up right there. Yeah, right. I completely forgot to ask about Dirty Martini. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I was just so enthralled oh, by this man. conversation. Sip on a dirty martini tonight Tell me what it tastes like When it hits your lips Do you feel alive? Sip on a dirty martini tonight No, I strictly wrote it about graduating college 
living in New York and like ordering sophisticated drinks and feeling sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally like that was my intention of the song. <laughs> uh, that's really funny. That, yep. Yeah, it's such a good but song. But if though. you want it, like, what does it mean? You know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Open I was thinking like, oh, she's, she's saying like, oh, um, I'll like some, you, you had that part where you're just like, oh, like she'll, she's like so much better than me or something. And I was just like, yeah, like my, the girl who drinks dirty martinis and this girl like me, I was just trying to be as elite and elegant as possible in New okay. York. And the way a dirty martini makes me feel is like a badass bitch. So, mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be just fine we fill my dirty martini too do you remember like writing that chorus and just like that thing coming around Yes, I was in my East Village bedroom and I like journaled it and I was starting kind of like drawing a dirty martini and I wanted to remember, I remember I wanted to say dirty martini a lot and like sip on my being like, we can share one, we can all have them, we can all feel cool. I want us all to feel elevated. That was mm -hmm. like, I remember feeling like that. I got you. Yeah, I like it a lot because it felt like a very like simple song, but it did. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I just like I just I was just in there like at the bar like watching yes. somebody drink that and I was like oh this is really cool. Yes. <laughs> One thing that I want to get to um, before we uh, get to your new song on brand. Uh, so, which at this point it's been out, y'all go stream that, make sure that run, uh, does numbers too. Yep. Uh, so uh, you're full-time as an indie artist right now. A lot of indie artists we talk to, um, they're not like, or they're trying to like work, I think to like the point where you're at, where you have like a consistent fan base, like consistently doing numbers, stuff like that, getting to play live shows. Um, I'm just kind of curious from the financial side, like how do you make that work? Uh, like, do you try to like have multiple streams of income? Do you just, yeah. So I babysit, um, I live with my boyfriend and my little brother. So we split rent that way, but I am really, really grateful that my parents are actually very supportive with this project mm -hmm. because they've kind of seen me never felt, so, they've seen me do a lot of different things, but they feel very, very passionate about Sydney bird and the, music aspect so that's really helpful but yeah I mean like when I was really really starting out I had three different jobs I worked at SoulCycle as a babysitter and then I worked at this amazing boutique in New York if you need to go shopping in the Greenwich Village go to Lexi New York um, and that's when I was really 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 starting like no fans no no streams just mm -hmm. kind of in sessions or writing music at night and now um, yeah like I get to sell merch I get to get streams from like sync deals streams from just Spotify and then some shows 
but it is expensive. I'm kind of in the phase where it's like, I need to spend money to make money, especially in this industry with like playing live shows because I have a band now and that's not cheap, mm-hmm. but you just have to be very, very cautious of like where you need to invest because mm-hmm. it, it is all an investment at the end. Like it's a business, it's a brand. And so it's kind of, I treat myself like any other startup and I have really great mentors now in the city that I can talk to being like, is this worth it? Or do I need to, should I do that show or should I wait or should I go play in Boston? And so I'm really grateful that I'm at that point now, but I would like to blow up and make a lot of money for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really, yeah, that's, I feel like that's a really important thing is having mentorship, mm-hmm. um, especially in this industry. Where did you come across your mentors? Like Instagram and and I mean, first from music, but then I would reach out to like other people who are doing the same thing as me, boy or girl in New York and meet with them and get dinner. And then they would like, be like, oh, you should follow this person and get coffee with them. Literally, it just goes down to networking. That's like so cool. music industry is the same as any other industry when it comes to that. Like you meet someone, I this girl, like I met, I went on three dinner dates with three new friends last month. And I was like, who are you working with now? What are you doing? What are you up to? And same with me. And then we would just kind of share contacts and stuff like that. Do you remember like one piece of advice maybe that uh, a mentor gave you that like really paid off? Well, I wish I had had, be very careful with how you play shows. I feel like when you're starting out in a new city, um, just cause you don't, you want to obviously keep getting fans and be able to show your fans that you have shows, but like it's really hard to get the same people to come out to your shows when you're starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say to any indie artists, like for sure, get a band together and kind of try and play opening acts as much as you can. And then you'd be able to have a headlining show. Cause that's kind of what I'm trying to do right now, mm-hmm. but any like showcase where it's just you and the guitar and you have to play five songs, like do those as much as you can. Um, because that's what I've seen. That's been really helpful to me. If like I play little so far sound shows, in the in-between when I don't have like a real concert and those are new fan. Like you get to win them over. Those are, it's just as big as any opportunity. Um, but I wish someone told me like when I was really, really starting out, I remember I made a lot of merch that I thought would sell and like half of it didn't sell. And I was like, why? And now it's like pointless merch from my old EP. No one cares about it. I don't even care about it anymore. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. When you're really, really starting out, I say focus, on the songs make sure the songs are great but then use social media to your advantage like tiktok's free instagram's free be show them every single if you're open and comfortable to it but like show them all about your life show them everything you're doing show them what you're cooking show them who you're dating show them what you're wearing like obviously obviously if that's in your personality mm-hmm. but that I wish someone now I know because a lot of people have been telling me and I'm like yes I know I need to post more but kind of don't be afraid of it when you're starting out because it's it is it's all silly like it doesn't matter but you never know it could change your life overnight yeah that's definitely true I think it's very like low cost yourself but like it has very high upside if it does work exactly exactly so want to get to your new song on brand am I being on brand when I shake your hand, do I smile too much? Will they think it's just luck? Executives say there's things she could change. I get consistency's key, but I don't want to just play. 
So I wanted like a Taylor Swift reputation moment, although no one knows who I am. And I just wanted to like stir the pot a little bit and kind of have this drawing moment of, I also think it's just so topical. Like, so, okay, I'll rewind. I wrote the song when I was feeling so lost about my artist project. I think it was about a year and a half ago. And I was like, who do I want to be? Who... Who am I? What what do I want to wear? What is my brand? And then I was like, oh, everyone. I remember it was in quarantine. Everyone, like the word aesthetic just became like the hot word of the moment. Everyone on TikTok was like, this is my aesthetic. This is my vibe. This is my brand. And I was like, has everyone just kind of defined themselves as a brand? moment of like this doesn't even have to do with the music industry anymore like this just has to do with like everything yeah and so I wrote this song and it poured out of me it was one of those songs again where I was like what does the music industry think of me what are the people think of me what do I think of myself like what is my brand am I a rock do I want to be rock do I want to be this EDM girl and I kind of like was able to breathe at the end and I was like no I'm just this singer songwriter girl like you can put me in cowboy boots and a dress or like jeans and a vintage t-shirt and I'm good like put me in the desert I'm happy I wanted the music video to very much capture that identity crisis aesthetic. Mm -hmm. So I wanted five very drastically different characters and kind of, it was fun to be able to act again. Like I'm in this punk rock character and it kind of created, what was she like? And so you can kind of see me when I'm singing that I'm a classical cello player, which are this is my first time even touching a cello. Like there are the funniest BTS moments where you can hear me playing it and it sounds like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> it's so funny. And just other characters. And it, it obviously what the music video is trying to get at is like the music industry can be definitely cutthroat. I've been in it for two years and I've just noticed that it's very much like they kind of put you in a box where it's like, you're this person. And it is nice to have those guidelines but just when you're starting out it can feel really threatening because you're like I don't I don't really know who I am or what I want my sound to be like and but I do feel what I'm really excited about or hopefully that this song will kind of open a lot of doors especially on social media because I feel like it could relate to anyone who's feeling lost about who they want to date or what job they want to work at or what college they want to go to like it just has to do with kind of feeling lost about your identity, which I feel like everyone can relate to at some point in their lives. I hope so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, yeah, you said you had like backstories for like all your different characters. Yeah. Did you, did, okay, this is a two-part question. Do you have one 
you liked the most or you found most interesting or and slash did did you like create names for your characters yes so I think definitely the cello player I feel like she's just like a raging bitch and went to Juilliard and is from the Upper East Side and is like a prodigy cello player and secretly think, but she like secretly hates her life and like doesn't want to do this. Like she wants to be a scientist. Mm -hmm. And I think I named her like Betsy. And then I also really liked being this like punk, punk rock. We had eyeshadow that went all the way from like my eyebrows to my nose and I think we named her like Juliet and she is from like a really really nice town but like ran away from her home and doesn't speak to her parents anymore mm. and like lives it lives for like a dive bar aesthetic and yes yeah, so it's so fun to like and I'm gonna post or I posted, I guess, yes, the song will be out. I posted a lot about all those characters on my Instagram and it was fun to kind of be in like it made me feel like I was back in a sketch comedy world. That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'd like to close out with a little bit of a rapid fire round. Uh, Let's do it. So start off. Um, who's your dream collab artist? Uh, Harry Styles. Yes. I see that for you. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's coming. I see That's coming. that for you. Uh-huh. Um, uh, what's your favorite song and least favorite song that you've written? That I've written? Yeah. Oh, um least favorite i won't uh, it was a song i won't release um and it's called old money yeah i just don't like it anymore i think it's yeah. stupid that's why you don't release it okay yeah what about and then, um, oh, my favorite song that i've ever written um uh, probably cigarette silhouette yeah yeah, yeah. such a good yeah. one yeah. <laughs> do you have a dream venue you want to play uh, Red Rocks or I thought well venue like where a lot of people can go Red Rocks but like dream place I want to play is SNL okay yes gotcha. um yeah I can I can see you being like the guest and the, the host you. yeah, yeah, like yeah you could do Cyrus. double duty mm-hmm. oh, yep that mm-hmm. is the goal yeah I uh, um boats planes trains or cars Ooh, ooh planes <laughs> okay right. nobody said planes before That's yeah good. no one said planes before really yeah but We've you got... travel a lot so that does make sense yeah mm-hmm. i don't mind them favorite arizona delicacy oh uh, uh, probably mexican food from tp mm-hmm. it's in phoenix that's good that's good yeah mm-hmm. uh favorite fancy drink dirty martini <laughs> <laughs> Avi. That was a real softball right there. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever thought about what your SNL monologue would be? Yes. I want it to be about the interns and like have all the interns. In <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's so cute. My- oh, that'd be Thank so you. cool. That's, oh no, I've already like created the whole concept, but they probably wouldn't even let the interns be. They would probably hire actors. Maybe they would, but I, I want them that. to all like line up and like tell me their goals and dreams in life. Oh, that's so cute. That'd be really cool. Thank you. Describe New York in three words. Ooh, okay. Um, electric, dirty, spontaneous. Yeah, that seems about right. Electric, dirty, spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Can you do any impressions, like musical or otherwise? Um, no, I'm like so bad at impressions. <laughs> this is like my comedy nightmare. <laughs> 
Um, you don't have uh, to. You don't. I got it. No, I'm like, but I like <laughs> to do accents. Like I love a British accent or an Irish accent. Like I'll sometimes just slip into like Australian as well. I'm like create these little characters in my head and be like, ah, she's such a bitch. But yeah, no. <laughs> no impressions. That is my weakness. Can you do a bit of an accent for us? Well, I could just like sometimes I just I, like had this idea of it's like an Australian person that's just like that's so boring. And like they're just like so mean. <laughs> like mean they think they think Americans are just the worst. Yeah. yeah. Mean also yeah, I see it. Yeah. yeah. Who is the most famous person you've been in a room with? I feel like you could have a good answer for this. Oh, um, like she talked to me. She was awesome. It was SNL. It was Miley Cyrus. I went into her dressing room and I was refilling all of her waters. And she was like not supposed to be in the room at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I did not know you're in here. Everyone told me you were out. I'm just going to restock your water. She's like, no worries, darling. Like, I love that sweater. Where's it from? He's like, it's from Aramex. Thank you. That's so cool. Wait, that was a good Miley. We did get an impression out of you after all. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) There you go. But she I was like, you want to know my sweater, Sean? She's like, yeah, it's so cute. That was a little too southern. But she totally spoke to me and she was so nice and she was awesome. That's really cool. You were like, yeah. you were the right age where Hannah Montana was coming out, right? Oh, I, no, I was like, cra- it was crazy to be in the same room, sir. That was my jam. <laughs> like, I was obsessed. I was obsessed. No, I got you. Yeah. yeah. And I love her now. I love everything she does. She's great. Great human. That's awesome. This started out as a joke question and it becomes less of a joke with like every guest. Um, mm-hmm. But are you planning on submitting uh, on brand for the Grammys? Uh, <laughs> honestly, no, I don't want that to be. <laughs> uh, well, I don't want to. Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I mean, like, I get it. You want to, Kendrick just dropped. You want to let him have his thunder right now. Right. Yeah. He yeah. has the year. There's a lot going on right now. It, yeah. You, you can smoke him out next time. That's cool. But listen. yeah. Same as Harry. Like, I want to give him his space. Yeah. Yeah. Let them duke it out. That's fine. Yeah. All right. I mean, listen, you know, at the Opus podcast, we're all about lifting up these indie artists, trying to give them the promotion they need to make that next jump, that next leap when they are on the Grammy stage. So, you know, in preparation for that, we're just trying to uh, get you ready for that. Why don't you give your Grammy acceptance speech for your single on brand? Wow. Wow. Don't pretend like you didn't think about this. (laughs) No, really haven't, but I would definitely like to thank my fans, obviously, like it's so cliche. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like music doesn't happen without people listening to it, but I, I my family and um, my boyfriend are probably my whole heart and like my biggest, biggest support system. And I talk to them all for like 20 minutes a day. I've, I'm one of five kids. I'm really, really close with my siblings. Um, really, really close with my parents. And yeah, they just, they mean the world to me. Oh, that's really cute. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Uh, shout out where the people can find you on social media. So at Sydney Bird Music, it's Sydney with an I, B with an I. So Sydney Bird, Instagram, TikTok. I have a Twitter, I've never tweeted. Uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on YouTube, and then SoundCloud, Apple Music, Spotify, all the music places you want to go to, I'm there. 
at Sydney Bird Music. All right. Y'all know what to do. Please go follow Sydney Bird on all platforms. Go listen to On Brand. Also listen to Cigarette Silhouette. We need those streams up. Yeah, we do. <laughs> all right. It's Sydney worthy. Bird, thank you for coming on for our podcast. Thank you guys for having me. That was so mm. fun.